Hi, this is Eric Y. Chen, host of the Y Factor podcast, where I interview entrepreneurs, CEOs, and individuals on how they got started in their business. I take a deep dive to understand their journey through life, uncovering their purpose, and most importantly, discussing their whys. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. Hey everybody, this is Eric Y. Chen of the Y Factor Podcast, and today I have my good friend Che Tamada, aka Spark Letters, which used to be your Instagram handle, and I'm super excited to have you here. We've been following each other's journey in the last two years, I believe, and it's been a, a great time to see you know, where your passions and where your journey has taken you especially with with your own business which I'll let you explain you know what that is and what it is that you do sure thanks for having me my name's Chie and I'm a lettering artist and illustrator based in San Francisco uh, so I basically draw letters for businesses of all kinds I moved up here from LA about five years ago and that's when I started doing lettering and I actually moved up to join the tech scene, so I currently still work full-time at a large tech company as a design program manager, but during my free time in the evenings, I do a lot of the lettering freelance work. Mm -hmm. And I feel like lettering in itself has become widely popular in the last few years, Mm -hmm. so what even got you into it to to begin with? Yeah, so when I moved up here, I left a lot of my friends who uh, were in LA. And so I felt like I had a lot of free time to myself in the evenings and weekends. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to find a hobby or something to occupy my free time. So I started um, looking through like Instagram or Pinterest to find something and lettering was like the first thing that came to my mind. So it's like what stood out to you when you had looked it up? Yeah, I think like when I was in school, I would be in class uh, doodling a lot instead of paying attention. Uh, I was taking a lot of engineering, like science classes, but maybe that had something to do with it. I saw it online and I started practicing and it's very easy and cheap to start doing lettering because all you need is a pen and a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. So I... Um, challenge myself to do like a 365 days of hand lettering challenge so I that's when I started uh, my first Instagram account just for lettering and then practice every day took a photo of it and posted it online and uh, since then I've been continuing to do it so it's been about five years and I slowly started picking up small client jobs here and there and now I'm doing a lot more stuff Mm -hmm. and we're gonna dive into that in in a little bit but yeah I mean what what got me excited to to want to bring you onto this podcast really is just even just that introduction of you know from where you started working in corporate and then just doing something every day as just a, a side hobby turning it into a passion right I mean what what was it that had you decide like, hey, I am going to do this for 365 days and post it on Instagram, like what got you to even want to do that instead of just like doodling by yourself at home and just, you know, keeping a book to to yourself? Yeah, I think 
the challenge allowed me to stay accountable. So I think this was a little bit before lettering became like super mainstream. So nowadays you see lettering on like basically any sort of campaign or like any product really. But before I think it started getting a little bit more popular through Instagram and Pinterest and people were able to share a lot of content. Um, and nowadays I feel like there's just a lot more letterers out there. But I think what was really interesting and inspiring and kept me going was the fact that there, I discovered this whole world of lettering artists and creatives in general through social media. And it was so easy for people to just share the work that they did, find other work through like hashtags and stuff and become friends with these other account owners, have conversations with them, like connect with them. And, you know, you, you may have never met them, but you also share that same interest and that same passion mm-hmm. for lettering. So that was really encouraging. Did you find like the, the community of these fellow letters not too competitive? Everyone is pretty supportive of each other? I'd say so, yeah. yeah. As everyone's pretty nice in terms of like wanting to see everyone flourish or yeah I haven't come across any letters that were out to get me mm-hmm. or anything and I think it's something that I've noticed recently too like letters in general I feel like are more optimistic and positive and that might be because what they originally started doing was finding inspirational quotes like work hard and like hustle or like all these different things that they saw on Pinterest and decided to like draw them out. And so they themselves are like already pretty uh, positive, friendly, nice people who are also sharing content and like praising each other's work. So it was a very healthy community to uh, get involved in. Yeah, no, and I I bring that up because, (laughs) you know, in my my line of work, you know, being an entrepreneurship, uh, sometimes you just don't know you know what the other person's motive is, <laughs> yeah, um especially like you know we're creating a product or we're in the Amazon space, and someone's like, "Oh, like it's cool, what do you do?" and they want to find out what your product is, but mm-hmm. sometimes you can't tell it to people because you don't want them to compete with you either and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it just becomes this whole ordeal, but you know people want to support each other, you know, so it's like as long as you're not in my you know my space or bubble, really? then yeah, yeah, we can be be friends. But it's, it's great to hear that there's such a healthy mindset and community of, of people who are supporting each other. Yeah, I think the competitor-like mindset often happens more like internally mm-hmm. versus actually existing in the artist community. And so it's rather than like against someone else, it's more about, wow, I really like their work. I want to be just as like good as them or aspire to like do that style of work that they're creating. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, with social media, a lot of creatives have a love-hate relationship where, like I mentioned before, they were introduced to this whole world of um, creatives and like people praising each other and stuff and like liking or commenting each other's work, which is great. But at the same time, there is also that comparison trap that you can get into. And so you see each other's work and you see how many likes one person got and mm-hmm. then you compare it to your work might not have as big of a following and all that so I feel like if you get into that dark side you might feel that competitiveness like start growing inside you but I think it's 
really unhealthy and also just self-induced. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So rather than just focus on just the likes, really just you know work on the the art and the creatives and support each other really. Mm-hmm. And if your work, if you're focused on your work and your work just gets better and better, then the followers will you know just eventually follow you and, mm-hmm. and support you, right? Right. You brought up the part of the 365 days as part of that you know holding yourself accountable and that's something that i've actually come across with from other entrepreneurs of them saying like i did this and i was able to succeed or get to a certain point Mm -hmm. because i put some type of accountability measure for myself and so one of the examples they gave me this entrepreneur said i'm going to launch a business or i'm going to start my first amazon product and i'm just going to publicly just share that on facebook saying hey guys, I am starting a business, I'm starting on Amazon, I'm mm. gonna try to launch my first product by this time. Mm-hmm. And just post it on his Facebook. And then just every day, just post about his progress of, hey, I'm at this point, blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. so whether people liked it or not, he didn't really care. Mm-hmm. It's just for it to be out there. And then at a certain point, he said, you know, for you know two weeks, maybe he went on vacation or he was busy doing something. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, you know, people reached out to him, like, hey, where's the progress? Or, or where's like, what are you doing with mm-hmm. the business? Because you've just gone dark. And he's like, Oh crap! Wow, people are actually you know looking or, or seeing and waiting for for my progress, especially because it's already out there and they're expecting mm. something. And so he's like, okay, yeah, let me make sure I'm on top of it and then yeah. keep sharing that. And that is what, in terms of publicly keeping himself accountable, mm. you know, with his peers or his network or his friends and families who are seeing what he's doing. Yeah, you you feel like that was kind of your mentality or. I think, yeah, when I started that challenge, that was probably it. But it was less of me trying to share that with my friends or the people around me, just having that account existing on my own, I think was good. I think I do follow a lot of like accountability strategies or like mm-hmm. things for my own projects. And a lot of the times I think I keep it to myself. So I'll like have a spreadsheet or just a list of things that I want to accomplish like quarterly or monthly. Just recently though, I had a bunch of projects that I wanted to do and I ended up creating or making a friend who we ended up becoming accountability buddies for each other mm-hmm. for certain things for the month of September. So that was super helpful too and like a new strategy that I tried. Yeah, so speaking of that, I actually joined a, an accountability group Oh, no way. Yeah, and <laughs> that was, I forget which months those were. I think probably early summer. Yeah. And really, yeah, it was just a three-month process of, a three-month process of us just jumping on weekly calls and then mm-hmm. talking about, like, what are we going to be doing for the week? Yeah. Um, what did we do the, the previous week? And then yeah. seeing, you know, where we are and actually have a discussion of, like, why didn't we achieve, you know, such task and then see how we can continue to help each other to, to get to where we where we are. Mm. And so it was about, I think, yeah, four entrepreneurs because everyone's doing something different. Yeah. Uh, but there's could be some overlap. And so that's how we kept each other accountable and just having those discussions, just people from different industries or verticals mm-hmm. to be able to support each other. That's great. Yeah. And especially because doing something like that, we sometimes you feel like entrepreneurship can be lonely yeah. um, when mm-hmm. you're on your own. And especially, you know, you and I, we you know went to school and went through corporate. So the mindset is a little bit different from other people who don't necessarily understand why you're doing this or, you know, mm-hmm. why you have a business when you could be completely content with your, right. you know, your salary and just 
go go to happy hour, go to concerts and stuff, and just have fun. Yeah. You know, and I think even following your journey, it's like it's very impressive because not only are you working a full time job, you're also doing this as a side business. But I believe you also participate in triathlons. Oh, <laughs> is that yes. right? right? So yeah, I do a lot of like exercise and fitness stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do you balance, you know, having a full time job? working on the side business and, you know, being pretty much a athlete and or doing triathlons. Yeah, I find it very difficult to manage everything on top of family and friends and other obligations, but I try to give myself also space to do like personal things or give myself me time because I also realize like I need to um, have days where I can just focus on doing things that make me happy that are outside of my business and work and those things too. So setting aside like specific hours out of my day or my weekends has been helpful just to keep me sane. And with the other things, as long as I'm enjoying it and it's keeping me happy, I feel like I can try to balance or juggle all three. So the three things being the lettering stuff and work and uh, the fitness Mm -hmm. exercise. So I try to incorporate all three things each day. And so in the mornings I wake up and I go to the gym or I like go on a run or do something like that just to train. And then I go to my day job for like eight or nine hours. And then in the evenings I spend most of my time just drawing or working on client projects. So as long as I can do all three of those things in some way, I'll be pretty happy. (laughs) Yeah. So then you set aside, so then on top of that, then like you mentioned, you need to set aside some time for just personal time, mm-hmm. right? So whether that's just, you know, hanging out with friends or having some downtime and maybe catching up on uh, a show, is it just a very strict, like, hey, every Friday I'm carving out, you know, three hours for myself? Or is it just when you feel like you're reaching a limit, then you're like, I'm, I need, you know, three hours, six hours, or just I'm not going to do anything for one day. Like, mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you configure that? I try not to hit a point where I'm like reaching my limit because I feel like then it's very unhealthy. But of course, there are are weeks where it's like a lot more stressful than others. I don't have like specific hours that I would carve out every week. But if I can do, if I can spend a couple hours or even an hour doing something fun that's outside of client work or work, then I think it's great. So it might still consists of me like going to a coffee shop for five hours and drawing but if it's not for like specific client work or if I'm just doing lettering for fun then it still makes me very happy and gives me a little bit of a break from all the other things that are keeping me busy got it yeah would you consider yourself an entrepreneur right now I yeah I'd say so yeah and the reason why is because I feel like when I first got into lettering, it was just for fun, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I was just drawing, didn't feel like I was gonna make any money off of it. That was not the intent at all. Yeah, so when when you did start lettering, it wasn't even, there was no intention of you just starting a business from it, really. No, not at all. Just a, hey, it's a little hobby, let me just post it on Instagram Mm -hmm. as a journal of my work, and then that's it. So there's no plan of like, I want to become a professional like Mm-mm. letterer or typographer and yeah. then work with companies. <laughs> so it's just more about once you started doing that, people recognize your work and just started reaching out to you, right? Mm-hmm. So then what was the turning point for you to 
say yes to that first client or uh, you know what this could become a business yeah uh, so yes when I first started I was just doing it to pick up a skill and then I think about like six to seven months afterwards um, I had some friends that were following me on Instagram and they were like hey I have a wedding coming up would you mind lettering something for me so I can showcase it and I was like yeah sure and then I did it for very little money but I was like oh this is pretty cool like I can buy an extra cup of coffee or like so you're like what 10 bucks oh. yeah or like avocado toast or like <laughs> something yeah. you know nice and so that was delightful and then eventually uh, friends of friends or other people in the community would reach out for similar things also but with a little bit higher of a price point and I was starting to think maybe I can make this um, a side business. So when I started, I was actually doing a lot of calligraphy and brush lettering. So that's a little bit more geared towards the wedding industry. So those are my main clients. And then I think about a year and a half into that, I decided to pivot because I was getting a lot of the same client work. And mm -hmm. I'm the type of person that gets bored easily if I'm doing the same thing over and over again. And if you go on Pinterest, you'll see that all the wedding inspiration, like they look pretty similar yep you know kind of like a cursive chalkboards yeah. wooden boards yeah all that stuff and i did many of those um but i wanted to like explore other territories so yeah, that is true i remember you starting off with a lot of weddings yeah and then and then, then it, i feel like then it what turned into a lot of digital stuff then uh -huh. into murals yeah, right? yeah yeah digital stuff and murals like came in around the same time i still work analog too so I do a lot of drawing on paper but I got an iPad and uh, started doing murals too and so when I got those gigs the client projects and the quotes got a lot higher and so I started taking myself a little bit more seriously as a entrepreneur and small business owner but yeah the reason why I would consider myself one also is because I'm wearing multiple hats when I'm doing it. I'm not just drawing. So the creative side is like super important, but there's so many other roles that you have to play, like sales, like pitching and finding clients and doing all the financial stuff and like bookkeeping and all of that mm -hmm. and social media. Oh my gosh, that's like the main yep. thing also, which is really. Your accounting, your marketing, <laughs> uh, operations, then you're the designer. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. And I only have so many hours to do it in a day, mm -hmm. but I do my best to do more creative work than other things. And if some of the other things are like a little bit more, uh, what do you call it? like annoying or repetitive mm -hmm. then I'll try to automate it or like find other ways to do it you bring up a good point yeah be you know putting some type of content out there or maybe I'll go to a networking meeting mm -hmm. or a network event and then people come up to me and figure out what I do and they want to inquire about the services or maybe they were even referred to me mm. and it's like cool, cool yeah like let's do it and then all of a sudden I have to draft up a contract or a proposal yeah. and then make it all formal and then I'm like that's like what I dread the most is having to create a proposal right because at that point it's like you don't know if they're gonna sign up and after reviewing it maybe they're just you know price shopping and then you're like I thought you just wanted me for my expertise and my service and it was gonna be a done deal so yeah that just takes up so much time and then sometimes you don't even close the deal right um, yeah legal is a huge part of it too because mm -hmm. you have to write up contracts and when I was first starting I had no idea what I was doing but yeah. I would like find things on Google and try to figure it out <laughs> yeah so in terms of like you mentioned 
you know, once you started ramping up with a few clients and you said like, oh, I should take this more seriously, mm -hmm. like, what were those things that, I guess, leveled you up to take things more seriously? Mm, I think, well, what excited me or motivated me about that was because of social media, I saw a lot of lettering artists or creatives in general who were doing the same things but with much bigger clients. And so they, a lot of them do this full time. And so that inspired me and <clears throat> made me think like, oh, you know, maybe one day I could do something like this. And so I can take like little baby steps to get the next bigger clients and try to increase my um, portfolio and yeah, keep like chipping at it to see what uh, direction I wanted to go towards. I feel I feel like you're being humble <laughs> with the clients. I feel like you've had some pretty big clients already. Are you allowed <laughs> to share some yeah. of those? Like who have you worked with so far? Uh, <laughs> I've worked with tech companies, like large ones. So Google and Facebook, both. Uh, and right now I'm trying to work myself into more of the active living fitness industry. So still working out some of those projects with clients, so I can't say any names, but uh, that's the focus area that I've committed to mm -hmm. for the next few months um, or years, we'll see, uh, since my rebrand. Yeah, so uh, can you talk a little bit more about your rebrand? Because I remember when I was, it's already been months when I was like, yeah, I have to interview Chie. <laughs> the, the title of this podcast is going to be something about like sparking joy, you know, or your yeah. passions via Spark Letter, which was your old Instagram yeah. name. And then you changed that. And then I'm like, I okay, wait, am I going to call it like reference some type uh, of spark and passion? Yeah. So what was the, the whole rebrand thought process? Yeah. Uh, so when I did start my Instagram account, I was like, what username am I going to use? Because I didn't want to use my name because I didn't. I did it like anonymously, really. And so I think what originated that was like, when I was in college, I did a lot of crafting and we used a lot of glitter. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, I can combine lettering with like sparkles and then also like sparking creativity and all of that tied into it too. So I stuck with that for like a good four to five years, mm -hmm. uh, which is a pretty long time. And then earlier this year, I decided that I wanted to do a rebrand or like think more about how I wanted to get certain clients and shift my focus. And the reason why was because I felt like it was important for me, for people seeing my work to be able to identify it by recognizing the artists. Right. Yes. That it was done by me, Chie Tamada, and not this like anonymous person named Spark Letters. And I think that also started from like me doing murals and I would tag it with Spark Letters and a lot of people wouldn't know who it was. So I think sometime in the spring I was doing a mural for a coffee shop in San Francisco and at the same time I was like trying to think of what my next like handle should be. And I was like thinking really hard and I was almost done with the mural, it was like 2 a.m. and the last thing I had to do was tag it. And I had like a whole list of names in my um, phone, like note app. Mm -hmm. And I like finally chose Chie.tomata because Chie Tomata is already taken by this like other Japanese person. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was a really cool moment because when I painted 
my name onto the wall and I looked back I was like wow actually this is super cool because once anybody walks past it they'll know that it was done by me and I actually had a friend uh, reach out to me last week through Instagram and they were like hey I was walking by this coffee shop while visiting San Francisco and I saw your name I couldn't believe that you made that mural so things like that I feel like was super important and with the whole rebrand process it wasn't just about changing my name but also thinking through like what are my values what do I really care about what what excites me what sorts of clients do I want to work with and so I did like multiple exercises of trying to understand who I was and a lot of reflecting and I finally narrowed it down to some of the personality attributes being like me being a creative also a very positive person and uh, several other things but the one thing that also stood out was me doing a lot of exercise and being active and that's been a huge part of me for like at least five or six years but I never really incorporate the, incorporated that into my creative side so I just always kept it to the side but I always did like you know I always went to the gym I've been doing triathlons and running and stuff and because during this rebrand process, I also wanted to figure out a way to differentiate myself from other lettering artists out there and find a niche, I decided, why not combine both? Mm -hmm. And so my focus or like my mission is to create create lettering pieces to inspire creativity and active living. Yeah, so that's the <laughs> main message. Yeah, no, I feel like it's it's so well balanced in terms of your life <laughs> and everything that you're doing. I feel like uh, a lot of people who are just figuring out what they want to do, whether they're still in school and college or their you know first job or just even going through their careers, you know, I think a lot, what I come across is like a lot of people say is like, yeah, like you should work your dead end job and but then just supplement that with something creative mm-hmm. and then that should kind of get you by mm. and then to create that balance and obviously go exercise. Mm-hmm. Like, is that kind of what helped like spark that initial thing? Like, were you happy with your your corporate job previously, you know, when you first started or you were in an okay place, but just wanted to challenge yourself more? Mm-hmm. So when I moved up here, I was really happy with my corporate job because I had studied engineering and I wanted to work in tech but not do anything technical. So I became a program manager in a product slash engineering team. But I was there for three years and I felt like I wasn't being challenged enough. And so I think the first year was great, but I was still trying to find ways to occupy my free time. So that's when I picked up lettering and I started putting more focus into figuring out ways to make it a business as my my role and my responsibilities at my day job was becoming less and less fulfilling. So yes, I feel like that helped me have a lot of energy during my free time to mm-hmm. put into growing my business. But I did have a point in time where I also considered like, should I be doing this full time? And that's when like the quarter life crisis sort of came in too. But I eventually ended up finding a role where I was able to combine both of both my passion for creativity and design with my day job at a different company. So yeah. now I'm a design program manager. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, you basically get to work a, a corporate job and then utilize that creativity 
but then also continue building out what you've created mm -hmm. from scratch. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, very impressive to, to what you've done so far. So that's why I enjoy following like your whole journey so far and just being able to see you progress from, you know, like I mentioned, it was just from weddings to then murals and menus and now digital and all mm -hmm. this crazy stuff. So it's been just like super fun understanding and, and seeing that through. For for people out there that are listening who, you know, they're considering like, you know, should I just do something like you did in terms of is it that they should just aspire to create a side business or you think that kind of the route that you took was just, hey, let me just start by doing and just doing it for myself and then maybe it'll lead to somewhere. What would you say to, to people who are thinking about trying to come up with something or wanting to do something or feel like they should find something more fulfilling? Mm -hmm. So I feel like each and every one of us uh, is totally capable of being creative. And so that might be creative in lettering and art, but it could also be in like music or cooking or journaling or like anything else. And I feel like when people are able to be super creative, it like spikes some excitement and like energy in them. Some people also do it in like writing and blogging and stuff, but I would encourage people who are like trying to figure out what they want to do to just experiment and do a bunch of things. And I think I was really lucky because I chose lettering and that was the first thing on my list and it ended up becoming something that I've been doing for over five years now. But it wouldn't it won't be the same experience for everybody but if you like kind of explore different avenues i feel like there will be moments where you, the time just passes by so quickly because you're enjoying it or you end up being super excited by the final product and you want to like share it to your friends or your family um and so i would say like try different things and if you're also passionate about like certain topics, maybe combine it with like a passion project so that you can keep yourself accountable or like set certain deadlines uh, to launch or to share. So yeah, you have that practice in uh, your daily life. Got it, yeah. Would you say that, you know, telling people to try something and, you know, incorporate it and put in the accountability measures, has there been a time that lettering and this artwork was that it you just didn't want to do it anymore at a certain point I've never hit that point <laughs> and I hope I never do um one of the reasons why I haven't jumped ship and like pursued lettering full-time is of that fear mm -hmm. actually uh because I love it so much now like I could stay up till 3 a.m or even like pull an all-nighter if I was working on a super big project um, doing it because I love it so much. But I'm also afraid like if I were to do it full time, maybe it'll be extremely stressful because I have to pay for the bills mm -hmm. and maybe I won't get certain client projects. So I have to fill my time doing other projects that don't really excite me and my love for lettering will diminish. And so those are all like really big fears that I have. No, you bring up a really good point in terms of people deciding to just jump full force into to something and then all of a sudden all of that like we talked about the you know the business side of things you know doing the hr you know doing the sales doing the marketing all of that which kind of takes away from the passion passion mm -hmm. work just ruins the whole thing right so 
I, I think in terms of this conversation, it, it kind of brings to light that, you know, people, if people are going to look at doing a side hustle to create a side business and side income to hopefully eventually have that turn into their full, full-time job, that might not even need to be the case, right? Yeah. Because they can just continue with their full-time job and then supplement that with a passion project. That also actually makes you a lot of money and then mm-hmm. that could be the perfect balance that you're looking for, right? Yeah, yeah. If no. someone's like looking for something that they want to do, I would highly encourage them not to do it if it's just for the money mm-hmm. because it get, it can be really hard. And so, yeah, if all the other responsibilities uh, on top of that specific activity like lettering uh, doesn't seem as great to you, like it's gonna take up majority of your time too if you want to make it a business and so, yeah, try to like see what things you're really passionate about and excited about before you like jump ship. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, my last question to you is, um, you know, people are always people are always told, yeah, just go find a passion and then you'll figure it out. Is there something that you've been able to identify to consider lettering your passion? Like, how how do people know? How do people identify that? How? Sorry, I don't know if I'm. In- understanding the question Uh, how so like you know i'm trying to figure out what to do and people tell me like yeah just go figure out just follow your passion or go figure something out right like whether it's maybe it's like skateboarding or be an artist or something like that and then for you for you to have jumped jumped into it and then have basically fallen in love with with this type of art yeah how is was there something that you were able to identify say like yes this is Uh my passion this is what because you didn't do this before necessarily and you just kind of doodled and I don't think you say that doodling was your passion right right right. yeah okay so it kind of sounds similar to like how people say oh go find yourself or like go find Mm -hmm. your passion and I feel like after going through my experience and also listening to a lot of stories of other creatives and other entrepreneurs too I've heard many times that they're not actually, they actually didn't like find their passion or like found themselves. They more so like uncovered themselves. So a lot of people that are passionate about some things, like it might be related to something that they really enjoyed doing when they were young. So nowadays, or once people become older, they're in the mindset that they have to have this career and then they have to follow these like certain steps to become a successful um, adult. But there are, I'm sure, different things that excited them and they were like free to do when they were kids. And so for me, <clears throat> like lettering wasn't something that I knew I could do when I was younger. But I definitely remember now that I was always creative. Like I enjoyed taking fashion class when I was in high school. That was like the one class that I ever took, but it was super fun. I also loved like designing posters for ASB and like school and stuff. And then I also remember I was in band and I was like, I think I was president of band, but I had a council and I had to basically letter on these um, visors. And I remember stumbling upon a photo of it, but I was like, wow, I was actually doing this shit when I was in 
what, like 13 or something when yeah. I was a teenager. But I forgot about all those things because I was just so focused on my career and like getting School, a yeah, getting good grades. grades, getting a nice major and like being successful and all that. But I feel like a lot of other um, creatives, at least, who have found their passion, they or uncovered their passion, uh, they eventually realized later on that it was something that they enjoyed doing, even slightly, when they were younger. Yeah. Hmm. Makes me think of what I enjoyed <laughs> doing when I was younger. It could get really deep, but mm-hmm. we, uh, we often don't find time to like think about these things, yeah. you know? So it's really interesting when you hear about other people realizing that. Yeah, and I think it, you know, especially if people are just so engulfed in their job and their career or even decompressing by just binge watching Netflix that they're not spending the time to uncover yeah. their passion too. So, I think that message really is just, you know, set up set aside some time for you to try something new and, and basically until you uncover it yourself, right? Mm-hmm. No, this has been a Great, great conversation. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to go reflect, <laughs> you know, and see and dive in. Maybe go look at some old albums to see what yeah. I was doing. But is there, is there anything you want to share with the audience before uh, we sign off? Um, just keep creating. And if you want to see some of my work, then you can go on Instagram, che.tomato, or I have a new w- website. So it's chetomato.com. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for staying till the very end. As always, I have the show notes and everything on the website. And as always, you guys can check out the show notes um, and all the information with Instagram, website. It'll all be available online. So thank you guys so much. And we'll see you guys next time on the next episode. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening until the very end. You can find more information about my guest on the website at whyfactorpodcast.com. I'll provide any links and promo codes that were mentioned in the interview. A full transcription of the interview is also available on the website. Share with your friends and tune in next time for another episode of The Why Factor.